Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com slash careers. That's opcpest.com slash careers. Where do you go to find all your favorite wine, beer, and spirits with selections customized to local tastes? For over 25 years, that go-to place has been Cox's Spirit Shop. Cox's, Louisville's go-to liquor store. Now for the drive with Mark Ennis, presented by Fitness Market on 93.9 The Ville. Fitness Market is Louisville's premier location for home and commercial fitness equipment and electric bikes. Find them online at thefitnessmarket.com. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull, your phone lines, they are open, 8150, 93.9, 3831-939 for the UPS Jobs text line. Uh, I was uh, I was accused of killing Rick all week last week for his comments about his own guys. Uh, Patino? Yes, and, yeah. I, and I don't, yeah. It's be, a lot of Thank Ricks. you. Thank you. Yeah, a lot of Thank Ricks. you. Uh, you're absolutely right. Uh, Rick Patino for his comments about his own players, and I... I'm positive that I said, uh, this is him. Uh, you did. And that he can do that, uh, and that I wouldn't be surprised at all. You actually said that, that they go on a winning streak. And they went out and played extremely well uh, afterwards. What I think is very, very funny about it is that he just basically was like, yeah, I kind of did that on purpose. Like, he basically said it. But that's after he said another reason. This is the thing about Rick, is that... We all know what Rick does, but what my issue was last week was, dude, you're you're calling out very specific things about the limitations of the players that you recruited. You know, like it, it took a turn that was not like not normal. Not saying he doesn't criticize individuals in the past, but he never said they don't have the ability to do it. You know what I mean? And he was just like, he's very slow laterally. He's very slow laterally. He's not strong. You know, and and I didn't recruit to defense, and it was like, all right. But at the end of the day, I mean, it was effective. Of course it was, because Rick uses the media as a freaking scalpel. I just think it was funny that he said that. He was like, I just wanted to use the media to motivate yeah, you. Yeah. You don't have to tell us, man. We know. We know. But he also, earlier had said, I think I was really frustrated because I was thinking about the transfer portal and how there's going to be mid-season transfers pretty soon. And that's why I was so frustrated after Seton Hall. He said that the day before. And then after he beats Creighton, he was like, well, I just said it to, to, to spin him up. I was like, all right, man, you're just you're throwing a lot at me here, Rick. You're being super Rick. You're being like ultra Rick right now. Just settle on one thing. You know, as I feel like he, he went a little farther in the moment than he than he meant to. But I'll put it, it that way. That's and, what I think and with, with his with his post comments. And but it worked. Vintage Rick style also went blasted off just as far positively yeah. after the game. This is the tightest team I've had since Providence. <laughs> We're talking about multiple national championship teams between Providence and this St. John's team. He hated them a week ago. This is the tightest team I've had since you, Providence. He has the inability 
to not be hyperbolic. Like, you just can't do it. He can't do it. It can never be, this is a really good team. It's the best team. Oh, it, this yeah. is, he's not a really good shooter. He's the best shooter I've ever seen. You know, and then there's always the, David Padgett may never play basketball again. And then he's starting two days later. Like, that's, that's Rick. We know it. And that's what I said last week. I was like, this is totally Rick. But here's where I think he went a little crazy. It got a little weird. Uh, and it felt a little like, shedding responsibility stuff that we criticize Kenny for so I didn't want to you know what I mean like uh, shedding himself of his own recruits but at the end of the day it worked and it's like oh well shame on us for even doubting it at all well and and (laughs) Lieberman has has talked about the fact like after losses he blacks out (laughs) yeah Like the things that he says in post game press conferences after they lose he likely does not remember saying them and he that's what makes the the great artists the great artists that makes the great coaches the great coaches of blacking this, out this insane <laughs> they're insane yeah the insanity in them that drives them and that they cannot live you know urban meyer at florida when things started to go just the tiniest bit south was like i think i'm gonna have a heart attack and yeah. die yeah i have to quit i should probably go yeah good like, luck with all this that's what they are that's what that's what they say it's that's really, what they do it's really funny to compare urban meyer's time with losing in florida and then when he lost in jacksonville where when he was in jacksonville he just went out and partied actually did black out like you said <laughs> the other kind of blacking out the much more common blackout yes self-induced amazing also probably the only person i would say that can compete with rick in terms of hyperbole is is urban Mind. that's probably fair that's probably fair i i would that explain finally why after like 14 years at that point of going to like 15, 16 years of going to Lexington at that point that he finally flicked off the crowd. <laughs> you remember that? Oh, I do remember that. Of course. Like, Cause that was what I was just like, why is he breaking now? Like there was so many worse things said to him in the past. Why is he breaking now? And then wouldn't that be funny though? If like the players were around him like the next broke. day and he's just like, I didn't say that. Or he's just like, I didn't flick anybody out. <laughs> I didn't do that. What are you talking about? Like, I wouldn't do that. It's like, ah, I think you might yeah, have. you totally did. We all saw it. I mean, it's, I still get, I still, like, Brett Austin texts me all the time. If Rick says something, he'll text me back, well, yeah, this guy's, uh, I don't know if he can really help us. He's like, that guy's going to start next week. That's right. That sort of like, he, and he's right. It almost always plays out that way. It was just interesting to, and kind of a fun reminder. There are lots of different ways to do these things. And the white suit. No, the white suit. There are lots of different ways to be a coach. Not everyone can play that game, but when the people who are good at it, he's an artist. He is. He's painting his masterpiece. He's had a couple of great ones. 81 50 That is the number if you'd like to get in here. 38 31 93 for the UPS job. Sex line can hit us up that way as well. Cody, welcome into the job, buddy. What's up? Hey guys, I, I hope you guys know that I like champion and defend your show just as hard as Rick Bozich defends Kenny. Uh, I appreciate that, buddy. We appreciate yeah, that. Now, yeah, man. Now, Dave, Dave, when you shook the world and shaved your beard, dude, I was like on the front lines, <laughs> like going, like I, I got you, dude. So, um, it's back. Oh, uh, real, real quick on a side note, Mark. I know you're a, you're a movie head too. Are you going to go see uh, Dune this weekend? What? I don't know if Ennis 
Uh, would I consider Ennis a, a movie head? I'm a movie head. I'm not well, a sci-fi head. I know uh, what Dune is. I'm being funny. Uh, no. I, pro- <laughs> I, I probably will because I've got a couple of gift certificates from uh, gift cards from Christmas just burning a hole in my pocket. I've been waiting for Dune to come out so I could use them. I'll do it, do it, man. I'm so I'm so ready. It looks um, great. No, I, I just I, I hear you and Coach Lieberman talk movies sometimes, and I, I know he ain't on. But I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, my I'm, I'll tell you what, my older brother when he's out of the hospital, he'll be there. I promise you that much. Uh, Mark and I, uh, Mark Lieberman and I had yeah. uh, had a good time talking movies last week for sure. We went back and forth a lot. A lot of Harrison yeah, Ford talk uh, last week. For sure. Uh, just last thing before my point, I, I actually went and uh, saw part one with my buddy in the XD theater. They re-released it, and yeah. my God, it's it's just incredible. So I, I rewatched it, um, and yeah, I'm gonna go uh, take my mom to go see it. So but yeah, go. to my to my to my basketball point, um, I watched a lot of. We lost them. Did we lose him right when he was getting to his basketball point? We did. Call I tried, back. I tried to answer the second caller, and then it dropped both. So, oh, All right. Well, Cody, call back. Yeah, Cody, Cody call, call right back. back, man. You were just getting to the meat. <laughs> the meat and potatoes there. There was a lot of buildup, and then Tanner just hung up on you. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Tanner. Jeez. You know what it is? It's because he shaved his mustache into- Like Samson? Yeah, some, weird, some weird normie mustache and normie haircut. All right, Cody. That was Tanner's fault, not ours. Welcome oh, back, it's, buddy. it's all good. We we started talking Dune, and I I got hung up on. So I completely <laughs> understood. Um, Apparently, Tanner didn't but, enjoy the movie. Yeah, and I'm I'm hearing some beeping on my end, so I'm just gonna roll with it. Whatever happens, happens. Uh, if I get hung up on again, whatever. But uh, yeah, I watched a lot of college basketball this weekend, and it's like. There, there's even if it's like a diamond in the rough type of hire. There, there's got to be somebody that can like we're not even close to how some of these teams are playing. You know, like just the the, the, the pace and the way they 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 hit the corners on defense. It's like even just average defensive teams. I'm like these guys are just playing way better than us, and uh, they they just know what to do more. And I'm I've never been more just wrong and disappointed about about somebody in this program because I, I really really wanted Kenny to work but all this weirdness and just I, I, I can't get on board with it man I'm just ready for it to be done like you know um, hey, Cody, hold on I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, Cody, I'm gonna let you finish but will you please try and explain what you mean by weirdness because I think I know what you mean but I want to hear what do you mean by the weirdness okay um and I'm not trying to play the middle. I'm not like no, I uh, Johnny Johnny two sides. Um, but it's like you know just how toxic it gets on one end and then the other. But it's like even through all this, I got like a little argument with somebody that was just vehemently like saying uh, like like saying how year three is going to be the year, just believing it. And it's like I. I'm like, dude, I wanted Kenny to work out as much as anybody. I got a freaking autograph still in my top drawer. Like, I met him at, at one of the jobs I was serving at. He's a super nice guy. I wanted him to get this job. And, but it's like all of this and then, yeah, the little Rick Bozich stuff. I didn't even read the article, but it's pretty clear Kenny's talking to. It's just it, it's all funky. I want it all over with. I like to watch sports. I like to watch fun basketball. I don't like all this crap. I'm just getting tired of it, man. I'm 25. I'm ready to start you know, having fun uh, watching basketball again. You know, I haven't, it seems like I haven't had fun since I was like 19. So, um, 
But yeah, I'm just, uh, you know, there's got to be somebody that can, like, we got to just, I'm ready for the normalcy. But yeah, we just don't play on, on some of these other teams' levels, man. But uh, real quick, Dave, because I, I know you've watched this guy, is the Indiana State coach, is he like, I'm not saying he's a candidate, but is he like a, actually a really good coach? Like, if Josh were to interview him, would you mind that? Uh, look, so he built basically his his, his Division two program, you know, from from nothing up to three Final Four appearances at the Division Two level. Uh, he's put in the work for years. I was impressed with him, and I talked to Mark Lieberman about him a lot. And Lieberman loves loves uh, Josh Shirts, and I think we're both on the same page. Where if uh, if uh, like it's going to be a tough sell probably for a lot in this in this fan base, unless he does something spectacular in this postseason. But that whomever grabs him from Indian St- Indiana State is going to get a phenomenal coach like i would i would be happy with him here but i i I just don't think it's going to happen i think it's going to be a bigger name you know than than josh shirts but he's uh also we're just doubling all two jeffs two joshes i don't know if uh, we got to draw a line somewhere uh two ricks today you know it's just a lot um (laughs) but i do think he's a hell of a coach and he's built it from the ground up he started working his ass off and and started from the bottom and and now he's at a you know division one program in indian state indiana state and just killing it um but i do think it would take a rather substantial postseason run to get most of the uh the fan base comfortable with his ability to succeed at this level um but yeah he's a hell of a coach and everything lieberman told me made me even more confident that he is that type of coach yeah i unfortunately i, I think things have been so poor the last couple of years that there are going to be perfectly reasonably good coaches who would do extremely well here mm-hmm. who are just not going to be viable because people I think are going to need or demand um, that the hire itself bring a certain feeling and a certain gravitas to it bring a certain heft a certain validation about it that like i think steve forbes is is not good enough even even i like him uh this guy at indiana state like you're talking about like chris jans at mississippi state i think would do great here but it's it's probably not of the stature of person that's going to be needed just to start making this snowball go the other direction right that the hire itself is probably at this point going to have to bring validation just by announcing it not yeah, just wait fair. and see. It's going to have to be whatever that person's resume and their their weight and their gravity as a person is. This going to be like, they nailed it already. I feel better. But the, the the caveat to that is, if you're Josh Hurd and you are just 100% convinced that this is the guy, take your program and take it to the heights that he's going to get there relatively quickly, then stand by your convictions and, and hire him. You know, And that's that's... That's kind of how you have to look at it, but I do think that they're going to be aiming for somebody with a bigger name. I mean, just look at it. He built this program to three uh, Lincoln Memorial Division Two, three uh, NCAA Final Fours in the last six tournaments that were held. You know, you you, you throw out twenty nineteen because there or in twenty 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 because there wasn't a tournament. Um, Three of the last six, he made the Final Four and made the championship game in one of those years. 
He's been at Indiana State three years, 11 and 20 the first year, 23 and 13 the second year, and went to the College Basketball Invitational. And he's 24 and 5 right now, first in the conference, 15 and 3 in the Missouri Valley, which is not a knockover conference. Uh, it's it's a pretty good mid-major, not as good as it used to be because of a couple of a couple of departures, but it's still a, a pretty good mid-major. Uh, and he's poised to to make the uh, the NCAA tournament and possibly make a run. But you have to – people are going to want proven. Even though he's got a long track record, most of it was at a Division II school. Just people are going to be have their own hang-ups, and I think Josh, Josh Schertz is going to be – the fact that he's only been at Indiana State for three years and been at this level. He's never been at the Power 5 level. And now you, two, two other things that have happened, I think, kind of regularly now that have been very frustrating. Uh, one, uh, as soon as – Everyone sort of seems to like largely coalesce around somebody. That person proceeds to run right out yes. and fall in a ditch. Yes. And it just happened over the weekend with Nate Oates, where it felt like, hey, there's some real sentiment for Nate Oates. And then the, it looked like the NBA All Star game. They defended nothing. nothing. They shoot 57 percent from the floor and lose by double digits. He made Justin Kentucky. Edwards look like right. What he, he was cracked up to be. He fixed yes. Justin Edwards. Yeah, exactly. Descaled uh, Justin Edwards. Uh, it, a muscleman struggling. De-scaled. You like that? I did. Struggled. Uh, Musselman is having you know a struggling terrible uh, season, year yeah. uh, this year. Uh, almost every time, uh, Jerome Tang not as good as you know a year ago, and they've been some real frustrations. I think. But as uh, soon as somebody started mentioning Mick Cronin, he fell off the face of the earth. Right. right? Yeah. They, like every <laughs> melted we, publicly. We all sort of seem to be like, all right, let's pay attention to this one. Maybe we can build it up. Nope. That, uh, so stop. And Chris Beard's not having a great season. And he, he, yeah, Chris Beard lost, yeah. lost six out of seven. Yeah, he he went thirteen and zero in the non conference, and I, it's. Not as good in the SEC, we'll put it that way. He has not followed that up very well. It's interesting. Now, NATO, it's like we talked about it earlier. The biggest concern we had was that the defensive chops and the texture brought up that he had a very good defense last year. And it's really funny when you look at his track record. Like last year, they had a top five defense and adjusted efficiency. The year before that, it was in the 90s. This year, it's hovering around 100. The year before that, it was top five again. Yeah. The year before that, it was in the 90s. Just like, it's just something he's proven that he can coach defense, but it's not a consistent year to year thing. And I don't know. We got to prioritize what we can prioritize. He gets the talent and he knows offensive basketball and he clearly can coach defense. It's a matter of what his makeup of his team is to a degree, but I. Still a reservation for me, but I—I I mean, the, the man understands modern basketball and what shots are worth taking, uh, and can recruit to that system. The other thing that I think has just added to the frustration in all of this is Ohio State has now won twice uh, against legitimately good teams or pretty good teams. Yeah. Uh, after firing Chris Holtman, again, we say to the we say about these that like it, it just takes the pressure off. No one thinks they fixed Ohio State basketball no. or is even advocating for the interim. It's just that by removing that cloud, to <laughs> use everyone's favorite word, uh, by removing that, it just allowed everyone to kind of relax and play basketball and the, for the fans to sort of rally around. Uh, and now you're watching other people do that. Yeah. It's not great. It's not great, Mark. Yeah, it's it's all the stuff we talked about. How it's a release valve, and it, it, it just it changes the conversation for everybody involved. Uh, and we wish it had happened earlier this season. I'm sure there are, are reasons why it hasn't, and we're kind of resigned to the fact that it's not going to happen till the end now. Um, but it sucks to look around and be like, well, hey, look, the weight's off their back, you know, and they they were able to go out there and beat Purdue, and I don't know. Not saying that would have happened here. 
just saying at, at the very least it would have changed the conversation for the fan base which is still somehow every time I think it's kind of pacified and everything's sort of all right, we're all on the same page then something happens and everyone gets in their corners again there's just so fewer people in their corner in that corner anymore also there there truly isn't every uh, a coach that every single person absolutely Doesn't unhesitatingly it. believes in i and i'm not really trying to pick on the person but i just was like wow uh spencer hall forever ago wrote that coaching searches is like just putting a hammer in the microwave that it's it makes people crazy i someone tweet i th- tweeted me over the weekend was like what has scott drew done since he won a national championship and you're like why are you asking well how could you possibly first of all it's just a couple of years ago what and he won a national championship it's like what has sully done besides laying that plane in the river and not kill right. anybody you're like, but he did that. Mark, it's a fair question. I don't understand <laughs> why on, you're. Man. I don't understand why you're being so incredulous here. Like, it's what has Sully done since he landed that plane in the Hudson River? He's really eaten off that. Unbelievable. Yeah, you know, there's a, thousands of pilots that are landing their plane safely every day. Mark, you know, this guy lands it on the Hudson River without an engine, and he's special. One time. A Sully Truther. He should have. He should have checked that engine before. Um, That's right. He should have cleared the sky of geese <laughs> before he took off. Eighty-one fifty ninety three nine. That's uh, the number if you would like to get in here. Thirty-eight thirty-one ninety-three nine for the uh, UPS jobs text line. If you want to hit us up that way, you're welcome to do so as well. Let's get uh, Patrick in here next. Patrick, welcome into Drive Buddy. What's up? Hey, good afternoon. Hey, bud. Hey, uh, I remember. Back when we uh, when we hired Patino, you know, like they freaking had a helicopter following him um, from his when his plane landed um, over in uh, Clarksville, and you know it was a huge deal, and the fan base was was super psyched, and uh, they they had people wearing got Patino T-shirts, and uh, and uh, you know. There is no, there, there's just no such thing as that right now. I mean, there, there are, you know, there's not a going to be a, a hire like that available, unfortunately. But I think we're better off going and instead of playing the name game, going and getting a guy like a, like a Danny Hurley uh, type of coach, which to me, I think that that's the Indiana State coach, you know? Oh, I see what you're a coach that you know may not have the the prettiest name, but you know you did your homework on, and is is you know that that's a proven track record of building something that can really fundamentally coach. You know, yep. um, I think you know that we're going to be better off than just the lazy hire of who's the uh, the, the, the sexiest name of the week. Yeah. You know. Because as of right now, there's about five guys that rotate that, you know, as far as, and then they have a crappy loss and then, they, you know, it just rotates back. And, you know, I think Hurts, you know, this is his chance to, or, I mean, he's going to have to hang his hat on this high. Yeah. If he wits on this one, you know, there's no guarantee that his, uh, his job's going to be there, you know. I, I think the football coach with Brom, that that wasn't that. I mean, it was a great hire, but I mean, I think anybody, any 
halfway decent athletic director could have gotten Brom this time around. He wanted to come home, you know, and, uh, you know, kudos for him getting it done, but it, I don't think that that was that big of a coup. I really don't. Um, secondly, uh, as far as Bozich's article, I don't care if, if he's got five top 20 recruits ready to go if he comes back. I don't think he could get us to the NIP with with uh, that roster. I, I just don't think he's got the ability. And that's all I got. Yep. Appreciate it. Yeah, that's the point. Uh, I think yeah. when it comes to Rick's article, bottom line, uh, it's not a problem of quantity. It's quality. It's not that you need more players. It's that you don't. You've demonstrated an inability uh, to get players to play a certain way and really demonstrate I think an inability to even grasp what the issues are and let me tell you why I say that Uh, today on the ACC coaches teleconference because that's the only one he does now here at the end of the year hasn't done any of the normal pre I haven't heard any of this all right so I'll read this to you he was asked uh, about his future again he said he's not focused on any of that, just focusing on helping his team improve but he said on Monday the adversity of the season itself has posed the challenge what? Quote, it's been very challenging. This is, we're going on a journey here, okay? I might say what again. I'm, uh, you will. Yeah. It's been very challenging. Again, I've used this statement all the time, and what I know now is that all this leadership talk you hear from the perspective of everything is great. You know, they're winning. Very rarely are you in situations where you're listening to people that are in leadership roles and how do they lead when things are bad, when things aren't where they need to be. To me, knowing what I know now, that's the true form of leadership. Am I coming in here berating my players? No. Am I coaching them with love? Yes. Am I pushing them to be better every day? Yes. Am I accepting them, giving me less than 100%? No. That's a challenge. When you see their insecurities, when you see that it's not just basketball, there's other factors involved in how young people perform, how they think, how this generation reacts to adversity. There's challenges when you're teaching young players to be more open to opening up so that they can be coached, so that they can be mentored, so they can learn. You know, this old adage of you're never too old to learn is true. Some young people believe they already have all the answers, so it's a challenge. Yes. End quote. (coughs) Got that? Okay. I don't know what that was. So, uh... Oh, I want to read more. As the scrutiny, Aircroft wrote, as the scrutiny of his job has increased, Payne said he's made it a point, particularly during this this week where they haven't had a game, to talk individually with the players. We've met with most of all the guys to sit down and talk to them about how they feel, how they're digesting this. He said, "What uh, what can we do different? What can they do different? We did a little bit of that. We talked about how important it is to finish the season off the right way, right way. What we try to do is we try to make this a culture of work and honesty. Here's where we are." Here's what we're trying to do. We want to win today. That's our motto. Take care of today. Give it all you got, even if it's a day off. Let your mind get away from basketball, but also let it reflect on the blessings that you do have in playing basketball at a university like this. (laughs) Those aren't the kinds of answers that... that People rally to. I'm sorry. That was well done. The, The idea that... He has the wrong medicine for every illness. Mark, 
He said all of this last year. I know. And I got upset about it last year, too. He talked about how leadership isn't how you react when everything's going well. He talked about that. And my response to that was, when we were 4-28, and you had ample opportunity to show what kind of leader you were, and you shifted blame to everybody else. You took no accountability for 4-28. and That's when things were bad. We're a results-driven industry. Not to say that the well-being of the players isn't important. Of course it is. But if you can't win games, nobody cares about the rest of it. You know, like it's there's plenty of people that can do both. He has not been hired to be these guys' therapists. No. And this is not self-actualization camp. This is like this is Louisville freaking basketball. In uh, asked about uh, the, the you know what he feels like sort of his, the the best things. Have you where have you improved? Have you really developed? Listen, I don't read you this. Quote, I think we've done things that prove that when the program is where it needs to be, we can live in it. Basically, what I'm saying is when you have five and six guys scoring in double figures, when you score upper 80s, 90 points in a game, when you're playing at a pace that's entertaining and you're watching the development of players, you know, Brandon Hunley, Hatfield, Mike James has gotten better. Sky Clark is a good player. Trey White has gotten better. You see development in some guys. It just hasn't been consistent enough. When you're talking about rebuilding or building a program and building a culture, I think we've shown in small samples, and I'm not in any way satisfied with it, but we have done some things to show we're capable, what we're capable of doing. That was a lie. (laughs) It isn't. You are the head coach of the team. And everything he just rattled off as sort of proof of progress was about individual guys doing individual things that helps those individual guys. It does no and good. sometimes the team, but yeah. Well, it does no good to tell me that you're scoring in the upper 80s and 90s when you're giving up 100. Yes. And there have been plenty of games where you've done nowhere close to that. We just watched one of them. There, like, there wasn't a single thing in there about the team, about what he has gotten the team to do as a team, as a unit. All of those things are true of teams that lose all the time. Rattle, like telling me, what have you done? Player development, Sky Corsica player. Thanks. Super helpful. Every single defensive rating on this team is atrocious. Playing at a, a fast pace, man, you can hurry up and lose. If, He's if, basically taking what I said a couple weeks ago. I was like, I'd rather them score a bunch of points. If they're going to be awful, I'd rather them go up and down the court than, than be terrible to watch and said, oh, yeah, that's good enough. <laughs> like, no, I was saying, like, if I had to choose between going 8 and 21, 8 and 19 right now, and scoring 50 points a game or 8 and 19 and, you know, scoring 85, I'd take the latter. I didn't say I'd take that as the goal. <laughs> To go back to the other quote, there's challenges when you're teaching young players to be more open to opening up so they can be coached, so that they can be mentored, so they can learn. When you daily embody an utter unwillingness to listen to anyone, change anything. What I I love about this, and and it's every time he talks about young people, you know, the AAU crap and everything, 
he acts as though it's a unique problem. As to if him. every coach in the country is like it acts a scourge like, of young people. It's yeah, right. like it, nobody else can figure out how to do this either. Yeah, just like nobody else would have done anything with the four and twenty eight team. I wouldn't have changed anything because I did my best. You know, like that's the kind of stuff I think people are just tired of. They're like, all right, man, well then your best isn't good enough. Let's just move on. You know, it's it's this is a test of leadership and you failed at every turn man like i don't understand what his idea of we can see the fruits of your leadership we can see it it didn't have to be final fours and sweet 16s or even tournament appearances the first two years but we had to see something going in the right direction and we just don't see it man it's his answers have always been tone deaf i i'm not entirely sure he believes that he's gonna get canned in a few weeks like nothing about his mannerisms or his approach has shown me that he is aware of this i think everybody else in the building probably is the guys are working for him are probably trying to figure it getting their their resume together well if a head coach gives you that answer who's gonna want to come be an assistant coach when when this is like this is the person driving the bus here and, and you can change all the the accoutrements around them you're the same guy's cooking. The same chef is cooking here. We can change the dishes. We can like we can buy food from a different distributor yeah. here, buddy. You're still cooking it all. And a sous chef isn't gonna isn't gonna save you. And if they do, let's just hire that person. Right. All right. Let's take our last break here. We'll come back, Darren. We'll get to you on the other side here on the drive on I Thunderville. Be right back. Taking care of your family isn't always easy, so we make sure getting care when you need it is. With Baptist Health Urgent and Virtual Care, we bring you more options and greater convenience, too. With video visits available 24-7 and online check-in through MyChart for in-person visits. To check in online or to set up a video visit, go to baptisthealth.com slash care anywhere. When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. All the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Listening to the drive presented by Fitness Market right here on 93.9 The Ville. Now here's Mark Ennis and Biggest Biscuit, also known as Dave Skull. Welcome back into the drive here on 93.9 The Ville. Mark Ennis, Dave Skull. Dave, I just looked at uh, very quickly going through uh, the teams in defensive efficiency on Ken Palm, and there really does not appear to be any kind of a relationship at all between experience level. Yeah and defensive rating uh, they range from in terms of measuring experience the best i've gone all the way down through now to the top 27 teams there are teams that are fifth in experience there are teams that are 143rd uh, washington state a team that is overachieving by everyone's uh, measure 21 and 7 kyle smith uh, awesome. there uh, they are 27th nationally in defensive efficiency just a little bit better than that notre dame team louisville got whipped by the other night they are 292nd in experience uh, yeah yeah the excuses are always just that excuses uh ucla 
is 319th in experience. Almost exactly the same as Louisville. They are 28th in defensive efficiency. There's no relationship between the two at all. It is a matter of what you are able to instill and demand and enforce in your own team. Yeah. And I think everyone is really just tired of the the, the excuses. Darren, welcome into the drive, buddy. What's up? Darren. Darren, are you home? We lost coach. All right. Coach. So much coach for God. Darren. Uh, Dave, very, very quickly, we talked about the, uh, the men's basketball, basically the whole show. Yes. Uh, by kind of a bipolar weekend uh, for mm. women's basketball uh, with uh, the uh, an extremely disappointing loss to a Virginia team that's playing better, but they should not have lost that game. They're, no, yeah. But then also gaining a another commitment, this one from Zebo's daughter, uh, the exact kind of chip-on-shoulder type of player we love for Jeff to get, uh, and a lot to be excited about the future. Uh, where do you want to start on those two? So we'll start... We'll eat our vegetables first. Okay. Um, so, basically, from the tip, and Virginia's not a team that should be like, – they've been playing much better of late. I will I will grant that. You know, and, and you can't overlook anybody in the conference, anything like that. But, my God, man, they came out from the whistle. The 11th place team in the ACC came out and just outworked us from minute one. They out-rebounded us by 10 in the first half. They out-rebounded us on the offensive glass 11-3 to in the first half. Um, they got 11 extra shots on the basket because of that in the first half. Uh, they didn't shoot well at all, but they didn't need to because they got a lot more opportunities at the ball. They were, they were hustling for loose balls. It seemed like we didn't wake up until the third quarter uh, and pushed out that eight-point lead and then let our foot off the gas again and then let them right back in the game. And You know, it's there were a lot of I'd say mental breaks on defense, you know, and, and look, officiating wasn't great. It never is. You move past it. Uh, Virginia outworked us. And it was really uh, sad to see, you know, on our home court in a situation where we can't afford to lose a game um, if we're going to uh, secure a, a double bye in the ACC tournament and hosting in the NCAA tournament. We were hovering around the, the five the five line and Charlie Cream's uh, – uh, Bracketology, we're probably we dropped a line because of that loss, and we've only got Florida State and Notre Dame left in the regular season. We have to win both of those games and probably make it at least to the championship game in the ACC just to have a chance at hosting the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament. So that's where we're at right now. It just quite said it was the first time that we've lost two home games in a row under Jeff Walls, and he let them know about and it. He let them know about it. I mean, this was a classic case of. Of kind of using the media to motivate too. I mean, he talked about it in the post game. He didn't, he didn't, you know, crack on individuals real hard. But he's always he's never been he's never been shy about being critical of his teams at time. You know, while also say like like, like taking plenty of responsibility himself, always taking accountability, but also pointing out specifics of what the is wrong. Yeah. He does not shy away from being very technical when he talks about, you know, uh, how they're. Uh, they're shading on defense, you know, uh, how they were responding to pick and roll. You know, anything. And a clear understanding of every single exactly. thing that went wrong. 100%. 
and it's, it's specific. It's not. It's it's retail, not wholesale. It's yep. this play. We did this. One person isn't looking at this. We, we too many of our players do this. We will be working on that only. Yeah. This is what we worked on. Not this is fight. Yeah, exactly. This is what we worked on. This is what we emphasized in this timeout, and we came right out of it and did the wrong thing. Yeah. You know. But the bottom line is. It's kind of the same thing that I'm saying where we got outworked. We're getting out-toughed a lot, you know, and I didn't expect that from a team that's driving force, really. The backbone, the spiritual center of this team is Olivia Cochran, and she's never been out-toughed in her life. <laughs> and I just expected – and I see, like, there's a lot of fight in them, and there's, there is enough talent to make another Elite Eight run, no doubt about it. There's enough talent on this team. Uh, they absolutely have the offensive ability. It's just a matter of do they play the proper – Jeff Wall's defense. Do they understand the principles of that 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 ball pressure and and you know it's it's hard to watch. Like even when um, Virginia went for like four, they may have, they had four three pointers in the first half. They're not a great three point shooting team, uh, but every single one of those three pointers was off of a miss and a second chance. That's the problem. Is that we're out of position to defend the three pointer because we gave up an offensive rebound. You know, and everybody's crashing the boards or whatever, and, and you look up and they've got an open open three-point shot. That happened several times in the first half, and they hit four of them. You know, that's that's a big – but it all – like the problem all comes back to hustle and rebounding. And you could tell that they lit a fire in the third quarter and yeah. they came out playing so much better, but they couldn't sustain it for four quarters. Virginia came with their lunch pail from the first whistle, and I give them a lot of credit for that. Um, but man, that that loss had everything to do with us. They're sixty sixth sixth in the net. They came in thirteen and thirteen. Uh, it's a loss we couldn't afford to have. Uh, with the things we're competing for now, we're tied with Florida State and Notre Dame for that last, or I think for third place in the ACC, uh, which the top four get the double buys. So we basically have a chance to knock off the two teams that we're that we're in competition with and secure that third place uh, seed. And I'm hoping. They can collect something because I mean I, I don't want to see what three losses at home in a row look like. And senior night on Thursday against Florida State, and we're going to end with that big road game in South Bend. We're going to have another watch party at at, uh, at Noble Funk for that right. one on Sunday. Hopefully you can make it, man. And and we had an awesome turnout the first time, and I'm hoping to have even more uh, on a Sunday for a massive matchup. But look, they got to get it together. We're running out of time, you know, and and. It's tough to be questioning the, the toughness of a team with a, a week left in the season. It's not something I'm used to doing with, with Jeff Wall's teams, um, and he's doing it too. And hopefully it lights a fire under him. If, you lose two, if you're the first team under him to lose two games at home in a row, that ought to wake you up. And if you don't finish strong these next two games, I mean, you're never – that's it, man. You're never going to have another opportunity to, to define who you're going to be this season. Now – on the flip side, there was some concern about uh, high school recruiting a year ago when they yeah. basically focused solely on uh, the, the transfer portal. Uh, and Jeff, I think, has erased those uh, concerns uh, or at least reminded folks that he's actually quite good at recruiting high school players. Uh, and, and if you tell me that they're going to add Zebo's daughter as a, uh, a, a front court player, I get, that's pretty exciting, right? Uh, 100%. Uh, she's, look, she's. She's a five-star. She's rated in the top 20 of the, the 2024 class. Um, she, uh, she joins uh, Anaya Hardy, who was our first uh, 
our first commit in that class who's a who's kind of a stretch forward uh, she's six three six four uh but she can really move um tajiana roberts um and i think uh was it isla juffermans and Isela arenas who if you are familiar is if that last name sounds familiar if it sounds familiar to you it's gilbert arenas daughter so we've got nba royalty uh in the house next year between Zebo and, and Gilbert Arenas and their their uh, their progeny. So McKinley R- Randolph was a massive get. She's six foot. Um, she's a she's a six foot forward and I love her game. She's if you know anything about her dad, you want that DNA in your <laughs> in right. your program. Uh, he was a lot like Olivia Cochran <laughs> in the NBA. If you want, if you yes. want a parallel, yeah, uh, he played with the biggest chip on your shoulder you could possibly imagine. He was one of my favorite players uh, when he was around. But um, between her and Arenas, they have a really strong uh, is it five man class at this point, yeah. and a lot of talent and kind of prove they can still still recruit the high school ranks. Um, I love the the variety they're bringing. They're obviously going to bring in some some transfers as well. Jada Curry is only a sophomore or junior um, academically, and uh, she should have another year here. Um, Olivia's Olivia coming, coming back. back. She said it last week, you know, but people kind of I think noticed mm-hmm. over the weekend that she she's coming back. And Nyla Harris obviously is blossoming into an absolute star uh, right now, and and we'll see uh, Aleph. Uh, as well, she'll be back next year, and we'll see when Sosa will be. Uh, Sosa Mafanon, Sosa Mafanon, uh, will be able to contribute. She's the six-six uh, girl that you see on the bench every single game. Um, obviously, she's a project you take a chance on if you have a ability to to even turn her into a serviceable player. You want that height out there, uh, but the, the roster's shaping up good for next year. I'm just hoping we can. We can make another run this year with with Sydney and and, and Kiki and and, and Jada and uh, and Nina and, and Marissa and everybody who's going to be taking off next year. So it's again, man, I I love the way these pieces fit together. Uh, Lily should be back next year as well. Um, which that's another question. Uh, exactly when do these careers end? It, it, right. Well, Lily yeah. is only she transferred in the middle of her freshman year. Yeah. Uh, she's only a sophomore. And hopefully she steps into a bigger role next year. I thought first half of the season she played really nice pressure defense, and she was one of the ones that could turn defense into offense. She just doesn't play as much lately, and I should probably ask the question and figure out <laughs> figure out why. Uh, the only thing I've ever heard from Jeff on it is, is matchup problems. I could have missed a, an answer somewhere, but uh, just you know whether they're leaning to defense and all, or offense on a night. But man, like there's been plenty of times where we've needed exactly what she brings to the court, in my opinion. Coaches see it different. You know, he's always been good about answering those questions in the past. So, hopefully, she finds her spot and 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 gets some extra, some able to affect the tournament in a positive way going forward. Because we always thrive when we have good on ball defenders that can that can create those turnovers and, and create offense out of defense. Yeah, I think Jeff seems like this team. He's experiencing a little bit of what Musselman said with his team at Arkansas. Where, you know, I'm not really sure. Like I think everyone should be prepared for if you, to the extent that rosters turn over more than they used to, yeah, and you don't get to lay a lot of groundwork with people year over year, uh, for how it is to play for him, yeah, a whole season, including getting ready for the most important part. That I, 
in the past he's had multiple players who've done this multiple years and they know exactly what to sort of do the natural kind of tuning out yeah. when you need to and, and not take it personally when you need to. It's new for a lot of these guys. And uh, you can see that with like a I think so too. Virginia Tech, you know, yep. who had I mean, not only do they have the best inside-outside combo, maybe in the country, but they also have a core of, of women that have been playing together for four years, uh, sometimes five. <laughs> so it's it helps when you have a backbone that you can you can kind of rotate the other pieces around. With this roster, Olivia, Marissa, and Nyla, and then Lily transferred midseason last year, so she knew the program. Those were the ones, but the other three were the ones that were prominent players that brought back two starters and like our seventh, sixth or seventh man from last year. That's it. And everything else is new. Alexia Mobley was in the program, but she didn't play much, you know, yeah. and, and like this is, that's the, uh, the balance you try to strike. You know, you can't lean fully into the freshman class. We did that the year before and we lost all of them but Nyla because they don't love the fact that they're sitting or they have different priorities. You know, maybe they expected to play more uh, when you mess with top 15, top 100 recruits, which we do. You're going to get that a lot, just like in men's ball. So it's just a it's a it's a question of I think people are building up the NIL to maybe retain more of this. There's a big effort going on with women's basketball in that that field. But man, it's going to be this McKinley Randolph like getting that recruiting win was massive because Notre Dame thought she was in the bag. South Carolina thought she might come there. Like there was a lot of people that were salty when they chose when she chose Louisville. So you got to love that. You always love. When you're able to dunk on the other schools a little bit with the uh, the recruiting video, and if you guys get a chance to watch your commitment video, it's really cool. Uh, Zach Randolph narrates most of it. Uh, I would recommend that it's on my feed, Jeff Lightsey's feed, so it's out there. But she's a force, man, and it was just a massive get. And people are asking about uh, Zakaya Johnson. Look, right. her Leah Macy. There's a lot of really talented uh, girls coming out the next couple of years. Zakaya Johnson would be incredible, from what I've heard. Like there, there are people in her family that would like her to go to Louisville, but man, Don Staley is inevitable, and it sounds like that's our major competition there. And I have a hard time believing. Like it's when she steps in the ring, it's really hard to recruit against Don Staley. It just is. She's ridiculous. I just want everybody to know that Rick Bowes just tweeted, "Ready, aim, fire!" with two pat like hamburgers, like ground beef with seasoning on them. You know what? He's, he's, I'm you. proud of him. It, uh, he's improving. I'm proud of that. That's development. Yeah, that's growth. In other news, though, Jalen Reeves Maven has re-signed with the Detroit Lions. There you go. Even better. Two years. Love it. Seven point five million. Love it. You've been listening to the drive on Ithaca Ville. See. You.